and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Please smile at someone this morning. I know some of you are saying, that scripture, what is it? What did it mean? And that's what you're here for, and that's my job. If you ever hear a preacher say uh, that the Holy Ghost told him what to say the next morning, don't believe it. Takes a lot of work to exegete the scriptures so that the people can understand. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. prepare your heart, prepare heart. To, hear to hear God's word. God's word. Prepare your heart to hear God's word. Jesus was teaching all the time. Many of our, ser our sermons the last few months have been about Jesus teaching his disciples. Today, his disciples are the church. He's constantly teaching us and constantly finding out that there is continuous work that we need to do consciously to be able to put the word of God in our hearts. So Jesus taught in that day using parables. Jesus was careful to use the communication symbols of that day to help people understand. That's why you will find the church using video equipment more and more because we live in a culture that understands that kind of communication. A parable is a short truth. It's a, a short story that makes truth understandable. And so the story, the parable in our lesson is called the parable of the sower. The sower. We don't talk about sores much in today's culture, but a sower is simply like a gardener or a farmer or a person who grows plants. A sower is anyone who plants seeds and cares for them so that they flourish. A soul, a garden, a plant. Jesus was a master at coming up with pictures that would help us remember his message. And so listen to this. In our lesson, the seed is God's word. The seed is God's word preached and studied. Somebody say amen. The seed is God's word. The various soils represent the various kinds of heart and ears people have. Now, when we talk heart, we're not talking about the physical heart that pumps blood into our bodies. No, we're talking about the spiritual heart, which is mentioned over 1,000 times in the Bible. The spiritual heart, the door to the soul, the, the spiritual heart where our will our free will, our will and our emotions and our desires 
comfort the heart. The heart. The Bible says, above all things, guard your heart. Guard your heart, because the heart can be a filthy thing after the fall. We have to guard our heart. Let's keep on going, seeing what this means. So the seed is God's word, um, and the soil represents different kinds of heart and ears, and the varied results shows the different responses to the word of God. In other words, everybody sitting in here today will have a different response to hearing the word of God. But what God is going to teach us today through Jesus is how to fix our hearts so that we hear and understand God's word. Somebody say amen, amen. Jesus wants us to know how important it is for you and I to hear the word and get an understanding of the word. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Focus, on the word of God. focus on the word of God. And so Jesus is comparing God's word to seed this morning because the word is living and powerful. Uh -huh. Unlike the words of people, the word of God has life in it, and that life can be imparted to us who believe the truth of God must take root in our hearts. In our hearts. It must be cultivated and permanent to bear fruit. If you want to know if somebody is a real Christian, just look at the fruit that they bear. Uh-oh, we're going to talk about fruit in a little bit. The truth of God may take root in the heart and be cultivated and permitted to bear fruit. And so, beloved, this parable is a warning. Isn't God good? He will warn us before he will judge us. I will say amen. amen. We say we don't judge. No, we shouldn't judge, but God judges. Hallelujah. We need to know that. He's a God of grace and he's a God of judgment. Uh, so we, we need to be warned so that we do the right thing. It means that there are different ways of accepting the word of God, some bad and some good. And we want to know what the bad things are and what the good things are so we can do the good things. First, there is the hearer with the closed mind. Let's start with the bad ways. His or her mind is like the hard ground. There are people in whose minds the word has no more chance of gaining entry than the seed has of settling into the ground that's been hardened and beaten by seed. There are many things that can close our mind and our heart to the hearing of God's word. If you can only hear the word from a Methodist preacher or a Baptist preacher or a non-denominational preacher, your mind is closed and you can't always hear the word anyway God sends it to you because God doesn't care about all that stuff. He don't care if you're Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or Lutheran or non-denominational. God doesn't care about that kind of stuff. To God, that's trivial stuff. Somebody say trivial. I was at a national meeting preaching, and I said to a group of United Methodists, whether you know it or not, God is not a United Methodist. God is not. God is God. You can't label him. You can't put him in a box. God is 
God and for anyone who calls on the name of Jesus, God honors. Somebody say amen. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We always fussing about that. Well, we all Christians. What is the matter with us? Don't be a closed mind that you think only God speaks to you or through your denomination. If you have an two and unteachable spirit, go first tell your neighbor, say, don't be closed minded. And now, and now, don't have an unteachable spirit. Because, beloved, you can erect a barrier which can't easily be broken down when you have an unteachable spirit. The unteachable spirit can result from one or two things. One or two things. It can be the result of pride. See, pride doesn't know that it needs to know. <laughs> pride thinks it already knows everything. Pride doesn't know that none of us ever know everything about anything. Help me in here, somebody. Uh, a teachable spirit. And, and it can be the result of not only pride, but fear. Some people don't want to be taught new things because they're scared. Now, I don't know why you're afraid. Because if you ain't tried it, you ought not to be knocking it like that. You don't know. And if you have been nowhere to see something different, you don't know it's different or work. And if your mind is not open to new things, then how are you going to ever grow? How are you going to ever grow in your spirit? And the refusal to learn or relearn, discover, and realize some things in the word that you never knew before. Nobody will ever know all that he or she can know about the word of God. Last, last weekend, I, I preached five times, 20 minutes each time, on a woman in the Bible called Rizpah. I never preached on Rizpah before. And it was interesting for me to prepare her story because there's always something new to do. It was exciting that I was going to talk about a character in the Bible that I had never talked about. Look at your neighbor and say, focus, focus. on the word, on the word. Of, God. of God. And then sometimes what will keep us from hearing the word or putting the word in our heart is because we don't want to act right. Oh, Lord. Let me fix it. Sometimes an immoral character and a person's way of life can set their mind and keep them from hearing the truth of the word when there is truth coming from the preacher's mouth that condemns the things that you love and that accuses the things you do, then many people will refuse to listen or to recognize the truth which condemns them. When the preacher preaches from the word of God about tithing and you want to keep spending your money for the things that you want, you don't want to hear that word. The preachers preaches from the word of God about living holy. You really don't want to hear this. See, when we think holy, we think somebody with no lipstick, no makeup, a long white dress. You can't dress up holy. <laughs> can't dress. You can't dress like you holy. Because this folks in long white dresses with no makeup, I'm telling you. <laughs> They are not holy, believe me. 
They may act holy in the church, but when they get home, that white dress go off. That mouth open. And all kind of stuff comes out. Holiness. Holiness is the want to be more like Jesus. Holiness is in my heart. Lord, give me a clean heart so that I may serve thee. Lord, fix my heart so that I can be used by you. When you want to do whatever feels good to you, that's not holiness. So when hard-grounded folk get the word, they allow the devil to come along and snatch it away from them because their heart and their ears were closed to hearing, and the word will not grow in hard Brown. Say, neighbor, check the condition of your heart. So what we're saying here, Jesus is saying, don't be hard-hearted or stubborn or set in your ways. Then, beloved, this parable talks to us about the learner with the mind, like the shallow ground. Somebody say shallow. shallow. Of a rocky ground. There are people, do you know people who hear the word preached and just get real excited about the word? I guess you don't. <laughs> they get excited about the word. I know some people get excited about the word. They memorize the word. They shout about the word. They carry the Bible around. That's in the beginning. That, that's when they newly saved. <laughs> when they newly born again. Then they all excited. They, they, they begin things. You've seen people, they begin things with enthusiasm. But when the thing becomes difficult, they abandon it. People find it easy to memorize the word, but they abandon it when they understand that it's not memorizing, it's doing it. <laughs> you see, it's easier to quote it than it is to do it. It's easier to remember it than it is to do it. They are like shallow ground. Therefore, when trouble comes, they look into people instead of the word because it's not taking root in their shallow hearts. When trouble comes, they don't believe what the word says about it. They just run and cry and run and hide and run and talk. They don't know what it is to stand on the word of God. No matter what's going on in your life, you're going to stand on the word of God. They can't stand. Because they are shallow. Then Jesus talks about ground covered with thistles. I'm telling you, thistles, thistles, thorns. You know what a thorn is. Covered with, with thorns. That, that's the hero who has so many things going on in their life uh, that often the most important things get crowded out. We really have a problem with that today. We get ourselves so caught up. Our places, our, our plates are not just full. Our plates are running over. We say yes to everything. I know I'm talking to some people up in here because I had to read a book long ago that don't feel guilty when you say no. I was one of those people who thought I could do anything and everything. I hate to hurt people's feelings when they ask me to do something. So I'd say yes, 
knowing that I didn't have the strength, knowing that sometimes I didn't even want to do it. Help me up here. Sometimes I was tired of doing it. That's the hero who has so many things going on in life that often the most important things in life get crowded out. It is characteristic of modern life that it becomes increasingly crowded and increasingly fast. Tell your neighbor, don't get caught up in too many things. We find ourselves majoring today in minor. Not, it's not even that you are deliberately banishing prayer and the Bible and the church from your life. It can be that you often think of them and intend to make time for them, but but just somehow, somehow, in, in your crowded life, you never get around <coughs> to doing the Lord's business. Somebody else in here know I'm telling the truth. Never get around to doing the Lord. Oh, my beloved. You must be careful today. So careful today. Not to push aside everything. We ought to be seeking first and foremost. Seeking first the kingdom of God. And all other things will fall into place. And so we have been warned about what we do not need, a closed mind, an unteachable spirit. We don't need pride and fear, and we don't need to act any kind of way we want to act, immoral character, and we don't want to be too busy for God. And then Jesus talks about the good kind of God. Look at the neighbor and say, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be, the good kind. The kind of soil, the kind of heart that we all want our ears and hearts to be like. This is the hero who is like the good ground. Now, for Jesus to talk about goodness means that badness must also exist. <laughs> See, if there's good, then there's also bad. And in their reception of the word, there are four stages of, of good. Like the good ground. One is your mind is open. Like the good ground, you're always willing to learn. Like the good ground, you're prepared to hear. Like the good ground, you're never either too proud or too busy to listen to the word of God. Many people would have been saved off kind of heartbreak if they had just simply stopped to listen to the voice of Almighty God. When your hearing is like good ground, you will try to really really, really understand the word of God. I get so upset because now I know more of the word than I ever have known in my life. And I watch the church do everything but what the word of God says to When your hearing is like good ground, you will receive the word and translate your understanding of that word 
and you are. Somebody say amen. amen. On my way, I saw a whole lot of Jehovah Witnesses walk in the community, and we talk about them when the Word of God tells us to go make disciples for Jesus Christ, and we don't want to walk nowhere. They may not be carrying the message that I would carry, but at least they walk in. At least they talk to the people they don't know. Sometimes they get hurt and talked about, and they talk it anyway. They can't respect you, though. When they come to my house, I say, I'm a pastor in the United Methodist Church, aren't they? Ellen? They, they haven't said that. They don't say that. That's all, that's all I had to say. I'm not going to insult nobody who comes to my door. I'm not going to talk about nobody who comes to my door because Christians tend to be so judgmental and we don't do nothing. You will produce the good fruit of the good seed. The real Christian healer is the person who listens, then who understands, and then who obeys. The real Christian healer is the person who listens. You come to church and you know that everything in the worship is preparing you for the word of God. And so you prepare your heart for the word of God because that's what you came to church for. You didn't come to church to see people. That, that's a side. That, that, that's nice. But that ain't the bottom line. You come to church to listen to the word of God. And then you come to church to try to understand what the word of God says. And then you want to do the word. Like you say, we got to do the word, which means obey. Let me say something. The first sin was the sin of disobedience. The very first sin was the sin of disobedience. God said, do this, and they did that. God said, do this, or they did nothing. God said, do this, and they did it their way. Disobedience. And when the other we really listen, understand, and obey the living word of God. Then our lives, then our churches will bear fruit. I was sharing with someone the other day the nine months that I went to the potter's house with my son who was a member of the oldest family. Tears came to my eyes, and I stopped when I spoke. Car backed up on the freeway. Not to hear Beyonce like it was in Pasadena last week. People parking way off and trying to run to the point that Dallas, Texas, had to build a bridge across the street. 
said, God, your heart is happy to see all these people running to hear the word of God. Preach. I don't care what you say. God wants everybody saved and God wants everybody in his church. Don't talk about mega churches. The first mega church was the church established at Pentecost. When the Holy Ghost came, 5,000 were saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's fruit. That's fruit. I'm humble. I'm so humble by the people who have asked me to be a part of their ministry who were not United Methodists. I'm humbled by that. Because I've always thought I didn't have what they had because I'm born and reared in the United Methodist Church. But they saw some potential. And I humbled myself when I went before them. And I sat at their feet and I learned from them. A good Christian bears fruit. God will say, what did you do? He said, just let me check this book I got. Because, you know, he keeps a book on all the good things that we do. Let me look your name up in this book. If you have really heard the word of God delivered, and it is planted in the good ground of your heart, then you will reap the fruit of Christian character because Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, be the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The neighbor people you don't even know yet. Fruit of the Spirit is joy. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world can't take it away. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy. Spiritual fruit is peace. A peace that don't even make sense. You can show God that you, you can show people that, that you're a Christian. When you're going through hell and you still got peace. And people look at you and say, how'd you do that? I know what you're going through. Why ain't you crying and screaming and pining all the time? Now we can do it some of the time. Where is your peace? God will give you a peace that other folks don't even understand. The fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Oh, Jesus. Folks who think being a Christian is easy are not a Christian. Because if you've been a Christian, you know it's not easy. Long-suffering. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? All the way on those three know there's a cross for everyone. There's a cross for 
the Spirit is kindness. Sisters, I'm going to tell y'all something. There's some mean people up in God's church. Some of the meanest people I've ever met wasn't on the street. I'm talking. Raised my hand in the car and I started praying for him and I started crying. And a man in a car next to me kept blowing his horn and finally looked over and he said, for not giving it to him in the first place. God didn't ask me to question him. God asked me to help him, to give him what he asked for. Ain't my business what you do with it. It's my business what I do with what God has given me. And to whom much is given, much is required. Kindness. Be kind to people. Have a heart. Los Angeles has the largest homeless population in the country. Be kind. Be kind. Some of us might be on the street after one paycheck and we act so uppity. I'm just saying. God keeps me on going. I've never been a parsonage. A parsonage is better for the church than it is for the pastor. Because when I retire, I'm homeless. Homeless. Kindness. Goodness. Why do you do good? Why do you do good? Because it's good to do good. <laughs> Why do you do the right thing? Because it's right to do the right thing. I ain't looking for nothing back. I'm doing it because it's good to be good. I'm doing it because God don't whip me when I'm good. I'm doing it because people like you better when you're good. People don't like you and you're going, nobody likes me. Well, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. I wonder why. <laughs> Goodness, faithfulness. Through this faithfulness, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand until my change comes. And it's gentleness. And it is self-control. I want to do it. But I know it ain't right to do it. So this time, this time, this time I'm not going to do it. And sometimes you got to say that over and over and over again till you stop. The worst thing is that you never realize what you're doing is not controlling 
your mouth and your desires. When the word of God is planted in good ground, it will yield a harvest of good works because Colossians 1 and 10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing God, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I tell you, thank of God, when the word of God is planted into good You'll win others to Jesus Christ. You'll share what you have, and you will praise God at all times. Lord, I want to be a Christian, a real, Jonah, bona fide Christian in my heart. Heart carries your carries your desires. I want to be a Christian. A real Christian. And my heart. God, I want to hear your word. I want to understand your word. And I want to obey your word. Something in the church we're doing because God said it. <laughs> we're doing it because God said do it. Lord, I want to be a Christian. Yeah, Lord, I have praised these words.